Welcome to the Rethink ELA podcast, hosted by English language arts teacher, Michelle Waters. Prepare to receive strategies, products, and expert advice tailored to help teachers build social awareness, student agency and voice in their ELA classrooms. Welcome back to the Rethink ELA podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Boyd-Waters, and my guests today are Jamie Hines and Savannah Payne, both founders of Project Voice, a student writing initiative in Oklahoma City Public Schools. In my research as both a teacher and a graduate student, I noticed that teachers tend to fall back on current traditional methods of teaching writing. Worksheets, five-paragraph essays, topics chosen by the teacher, a textbook, or materials recommended by their district's test prep company. My guests in this episode set all of that aside and recognize that their students have stories to tell and their own perspectives to share. So they developed a program in one of the largest public schools in Oklahoma that centers student voices and provides them with a real-world outlet for being heard. What better way to motivate students to write? and improve their writing than to provide them with an opportunity to be heard and to be published. In my own classroom, I started a literary magazine and developed a unit where students wrote a children's book and then read it to elementary students in our district. I've also created opportunities for former students to partner with me in creating writing units centered on their work, which they've licensed me to share in exchange for monthly royalties. But Jamie and Savannah have taken writing process pedagogy a few steps further by partnering with 10 schools in their district and starting a large-scale writing initiative called Project Voice, which stands for Visions of Inclusion, Culture, and Empathy. Jamie and Savannah will share with us their inspiration and tips for how to start such an initiative in your school after these messages. Students need to write on a daily basis to build their writing confidence and stamina. But how do you work this all in with all the other skills and concepts you're required to teach? Rethink ELA has the answer for you. In just 5 to 20 minutes a day, you can provide narrative, informative, argumentative, and reflective writing practice with student-centered daily quick writes. Learn more at RethinkELA.com slash 180. That's RethinkELA.com slash, and get this into the numerals, 180. Welcome back to the Rethink ELA podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Boyd-Waters, and my guests today are Jamie Hines and Savannah Payne, both founders of Project Voice, a student writing initiative in Oklahoma City Public Schools. Welcome. Thank you. We're happy to be here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. You're welcome. I was so excited to um, hear about your project and had the opportunity to sit down with you a few weeks ago, and I'm glad to have you here now and have the opportunity to uh, hear your story and share it with uh, other teachers that are listening. So could you tell me briefly what Project Voice is, what it does? Okay, so Project Voice um, stands for Visions of Inclusion, Culture, and Empathy. Um, it's a collection of personal narratives from the Oklahoma City Public School District, our English language learner students. Um, write them, and then at our end, we have a published product that we put together that this year had over... Over 220 student authors and poets. Yes, wow. so we're really excited to talk about it today. Absolutely. And that the published product is such an important piece because that gives something tangible for students to have in their hands and be like, I helped create this. And 
something that they can show to people and you know it's just very hands-on and I, I know I'm going to kind of share a little bit about my background here as well. I was on the newspaper staff through middle school and high school and every single month getting to publish something and have something that I could hand to people that I could see my peers were reading, that I could see my community was reading, that my family was reading. It just gave me such a sense of pride and really showed me how important writing was and communicating was. And, and so this is such, when I saw this and heard about it, it was such an, an important piece for me. Yeah. And we're really excited. Um, because a lot of our students just received their physical copies in their hands. Oh. And we had the opportunity to be at many of our school sites as they were um, acknowledging their newly published students. And the students were just um, over the moon about it. Many of them making their friends take pictures of them with their book. Yes. yes. It was really cool to see how proud they were to be a part of it. Yes. And I would love to see us do more of that in schools really honoring the students who are writers and who are writing it or who have chosen to write um, and have chosen to share their stories or share their knowledge or inspiration. It seems to be kind of something that's missing these days. And so I, I love the fact that you guys are, are doing this. One of the things I'd really like to know is how each of you got started with this. Um, so both of us um, came from the ELA world and then moved into ELD, which is English Language Development and OKCPS. Um, and this is Savannah. So when I was at Webster Middle School as an ELD teacher, um, one of my teammates came to me, um, Christina Dix, and she came to us with this idea. She's like, what if our students write about their own lives and personal narratives? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we could do that. And she's like, but at the end, we're going to publish it. And yes. Like, so <laughs> I was like, wait a second, this is a bigger narrative project than I really stepped up to. But we put all our funds together, we published it, and we sold out every copy. Um, wow. And then Webster continued that project even after I left. And then that's when Jamie actually joined the ELD team. Um, and she was able to participate in the project. Yeah, and so joining the ELD team that year, um, we continued the project, and then kind of from there, Savannah and I actually both accepted positions out of the classroom, but still in the district, where we were getting to work with um, all of our English language development teachers um, in Oklahoma City Public Schools. And so with that, we were really lucky because we have a very supportive director in our new position. And when we crossed the idea of, hey, we used to do this project, what do you think if we um, create a project based off this for the whole district now and um, we bring it to high schools too? And he yes. was very supportive. He loved the idea of it. Um, he's had our backs ever since. We are now established within 10 schools participating in the project. Um, that's middle and high school. Um, and we are on, we just released volume three. So this has been three years district-wide now that we've had um, students tell us their stories, um, share their stories and publish. Yeah, I've got a copy of volume three right here with me. And it's like, you know, a uh, large format book size, like eight and a half by 11. It's got a glossy cover. It's like three quarters of an inch thick or maybe even a full inch. I don't know. Almost there. It, <laughs> I mean, it is a big book. I mean, this is absolutely awesome. Well, 281 pages. I mean, this is a real thing. 
Yeah, it's a real published book. Um, we're starting yes. to have some of our high schools are actually starting to purchase them for their libraries. So that's really exciting to us. We want to get this word out and make sure it's valuing the student's voice is the most important part of this project. Yes. And one of the things that I can see with this is not only are students writing and getting published and, you know, having this background that they wouldn't have had otherwise, but what you're creating, like you said, libraries can purchase them, put them in on their shelves. Teachers can get them and use these as mentor texts and say, hey, this is a kid just like you who wrote this. If this student can write, so can you. Exactly. We've noticed a lot using them. Like Jamie mentioned, we're in our third published volume and using these as mentor texts with the same students that live in the same district, same area. <laughs> it's just very powerful to show them like you are capable, you can be a writer. And here's the example of a student just like you that was published. So tell me about kind of the rationale behind this project. I mean, it sounds great. It sounds wonderful, but really what did you have to, what did you have to say or what did you have to know and understand in order to get your school and then later your district on board with this? I think it's just making people aware that the stories um, coming from this project are really from students that really were are underrepresented, right? Mm -hmm. um, lesser known topics culturally, new points of view. Um, we really started it originally at Webster because we really saw that their voices and identities were not really being recognized or validated by the school community. And then as we built the curriculum, it gave that much needed literacy skills it let our ELs develop it. It gave them a voice, mm -hmm. an identity to be proud of. And we also like to talk about how it educates the educators. Um, that's a huge piece. It can help yeah. change perspectives and really help to develop empathy within our school communities. In our positions now, um, we're able to kind of utilize some of these stories. They're all anonymous, but these are still representations of many students in our district. And many of the stories, which none of the teachers know exist, they don't understand. And so in our position now, where we're able to provide professional development, we're able to be in schools talking to teachers about the culture of their school, about the students who are sitting in their classrooms. It's really, um, we personally got to see it change a lot of mindsets for the better. Yes, and that's something that I noticed in my own teaching practice once I started encouraging my students to write, to use the voices that they had to express who they are, and, and I started reading their writing for the message and not, you know, the grammar or what have you. I started to get to know them better, I empathized with them, and then we were able to partner with each other and learn together, and that's something that I hadn't realized until I sat down and really started focusing on the writing, and it sounds like that's what this project does. Yeah, and that is a very, what you just said, is very common with a lot of our teachers who do the project for the first time. A lot of them are kind of like, no, I don't want to ask them about their personal business, um, and they're hesitant. And then uh -huh. they give it a go. And by the end of the project, they're like, wow, I thought I was building relationships, but I have never been this close to a group of students in this kind of way before. And that's that's exactly what happens when you start to listen and, and you know read what somebody else has to say. On the flip side of that, what kind of impact has this had on the students themselves? 
So within our students, like we were talking about earlier, we really see them gain confidence. Um, Mm -hmm. Students that maybe have never been a writer, um, we hear them say, I'm on page whatever, you know? They're very (laughs) proud to let you know where their story is. And in the end product, like you were describing, it's a real book. Um, It helps Mm -hmm. them really show like other students, people in the school, what they can accomplish. That's really about culture and empathy, just a huge collection of stories that they're part of and published. Yes. And and I, as we were talking um, earlier, you mentioned, and I see that you've kind of written down some of what students have had to say. What, what have they, what are some of the quotes that you've gotten from students? Yeah, and so this year um, with volume three, each year we have a little more media trying to come in and get to know these students more as books are getting out there to the communities. And so this year we actually had media come and they interviewed two of our students um, just about the project and how it impacted Mm -hmm. them. And so I'm just going to read two of the quotes from two of our student authors this year. Um, Uh The first student, they said, everything I've been through has been difficult. I am in a different country and adapting to a new lifestyle is not easy. However, I have had the opportunity to meet people who have helped me a lot. Having the privilege of writing my story has been very enriching and I really enjoyed it. Now that I have the opportunity to be in this country, I want to continue preparing myself educationally and work to be able to have the necessary resources to continue achieving my dreams. I want to graduate from high school and go to college and someday see my family again. And so we're actually finding many of these students as they write about their past experiences um, in their life, it's also creating kind of a therapeutic sense of healing as they're reliving some, for some of them, journey stories of how they got here, many that are very traumatic. Um, Mm -hmm. They also reflect on their life and think about where they're now, where they are now and what they want to be in their future. And that's been very moving and motivating for especially many of our high school students. Yeah, um, one of my colleagues here at the University of Oklahoma is working on her dissertation about expressive writing, and one of, one piece of that, you know, is part of it's the personal narrative, but another part is also the um, therapeutic aspects of writing. Yeah, we've definitely explored that a little bit, but we're not therapists, so yeah, we yeah. kind of <laughs> got up to uh, the experts, but we've definitely mm-hmm. looked into the way that this has helped many of our students talk about things and getting connected with mental health resources um, mm-hmm. has been really beneficial because this might be the first time the student expresses something like that. And then yeah. we always um, suggest to our teachers that at the end of the writing project to kind of close it out, to write their next chapter, which is where they want to see themselves in their future. And so it's a way to kind of bring it all together and a way to heal through whatever they've yes. been through. Yes, absolutely. So kind of not only just writing their story, but also rewriting their story and, and reimagining what their story is and seeing themselves as survivors and and not something else yes so what was the other quote that you had and so we had another student and he said i know that god has given me the opportunity to be in this country and receive a better education than i would have had in my country as well as being able to write my story in a book that i know will reach many people it is an unforgettable moment for all of us who participate in this project I thank God and my colleagues who have helped me in difficult times. 
And so again, talking about relationships, we see these students who have built even stronger connections with their teachers and peers who've helped them along the way of retelling their story and sharing it with people who can empathize or maybe connect with them. So it sounds like this has helped students build stronger relationships, um, not only with their teachers, but probably with each other too, as they're you know going through that peer review process and peer editing and reading each other's work. Yeah, and we um, you mentioned using stories as mentor text for other students. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of our high school stories have actually been used as mentor text for some of our middle schools, and we're finding that middle school students are connecting with some of these stories, even just through their parents. Many of them may have been born here, but their parents had to come over through a similar journey. And it's able right. they're able to be like, wow, I didn't realize that's what my mom went through. She wow. had to have done something similar to this. And it makes them more curious about their family and their connected um, connectedness with them. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, the writing project is bringing, you know, not only, you know, teachers and students and students together, but also the community together and that, you know, they're supporting one another and also reading about one another and developing uh, greater understanding. So what I'd, I'd like to ask is if I'm, you know, sitting in my own classroom somewhere, whether, whether it's a small school in a, a district or a, a larger school in a big district, how, how can I start a project like this on my own? So we really think that any teacher can do this project. Um, It just requires building a sense of safety and trust within your own classroom. Uh So as students really open up and share about their own lives, you really have to have genuine relationships or genuine conversations with those students, even to have something like this be successful. But outside of that, there's a lot of things that we also recommend teachers Uh do. Um, You know, we never want to force students about sensitive topics, right? Right. We let them share what they're opening for sharing. We don't say like, hey, you know that terrible, terrible thing? Write about it. No, we definitely set it up as a way, you know, what impacted your life the most? Yeah, and many of the students, I mean, we talked a little bit about immigration stories, um, traumatic events. But for a lot of them, getting that new puppy, they remember that memory and that changed their life. (laughs) That was something that impacted them so much that they had details to write about it. And so we allow our students to write about a variety of topics, and I think that does help as well. Um, We always recommend looping in, even if you're at a small district, working with anyone that is part of your legal department or your legal Mm -hmm. team, and definitely letting your administration know before beginning any project like this because of the responsibility the teacher has if a student reveals something sensitive in nature. Absolutely. So with all that in mind, kind of what does this project look like kind of on the ground in the classroom? Talking about it more as like an educator focus, we build it as a personal narrative writing curriculum. And Uh so we started as the writing process, any writing process that um, you use in your ELA classroom, just starting there, but then incorporating ways where students can have access to those mentor texts is so important and to developing these personal narratives. Yeah, and we don't just tell teachers, you know, hey, it's time for Project Voice, put all your curriculum aside, 
have them write their story. That's it, right? Instead, we actually have a pretty intensive curriculum for them. Um, we are working on bridging that gap with their ELA classes or their English language arts classes. Um, uh -huh. Many of our students may struggle with writing already. And so we want to make sure that they understand the components of a story. Um, a big piece will be plot and conflict, theme. Um, we want all of them to learn something from the writing process of this. And then at the end, it's very important that teachers hold writing conferences throughout this. Uh -huh. um, we're big proponents of that. Uh, we yes. know it takes a lot of time and it is time consuming, especially when you have a class of 25 and 30. But those writing conferences have really shown us that that builds those relationships between the student and teacher. And then the trust develops and then the students are willing to say like, oh, thank you for those suggestions. I'll definitely be able to help um, develop my story that way. Yeah, I think that's kind of one of the areas where I struggled in my own classroom is having those writing conferences and being able to really focus on the student or group of students in front of me while also kind of keeping everybody else out of trouble, I guess one should say. <laughs> Yes, we definitely, we um, have helped our teachers develop um, yes. more, more activities that could be done when you're doing those writing conferences mm -hmm. and we call them mini conferences. And then we also highly encourage peer editing. Um, yes. And I'll let Jamie talk a little bit more about some of our experiences with that, but definitely something that is structured um, very easily in the high school setting. Yeah, um, just some examples of the peer editing that's happening within our communities um, in school. So at one of our high schools, um, the teacher was also the soccer coach. And oh, he wow. actually had his um, soccer team come in and help his kids with the peer editing. And he had a class of uh, the majority of them had newly arrived to the United States and they were struggling with putting concepts together for their, the English language. And so his soccer team came in and partnered with them and helped them out. And um, we've also seen at another high school where it was the COVID time. So they were meeting virtually and one student who also newly arrived to the United States was partnered with a student in junior ROTC. And mm -hmm. it was only supposed to be that one hour that they were doing the peer editing and come to find out, the teacher found out later that those two had actually exchanged information and they had created a friendship where they worked on the kid's story outside of school hours. Wow. They were meeting because the student who was helping with the peer tutoring or editing was really invested now in this student. Yeah. Um, so they created had, their own writer's group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and we've had others. Oh, yes. We have a lot of the... Um, ELD, so the English language development classes partnering with AP English classes. And so what's mm -hmm. happening is in these ELD classes, especially when they are newly arrived to the United States, these are students who may not be known in the school community. Um, it's hard for them to really be a part of the bigger picture at the school. They're kind of just going to their classes. They don't know anyone. This is a new environment. But when we start doing peer tutoring with ELA, pre, sorry, AP ELA classes, um, uh -huh. there's these new connected um, communities in yeah. the school. And so a lot of these kids are meeting other kids that they would never have talked to before in that same building. So building new connections that would not have existed in any other way. 
Correct. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely amazing. So if a teacher is wanting to start a project like this and, you know, sometimes just trying to figure out what curriculum do I put together? How do I, what does this need to look like? How do I make this happen? Is there any way that they can reach out to you guys or do you have any way of supporting those types of, uh, this type of project in other schools? Yeah, they could reach out to us. We have a Project Voice email. It's projectvoiceokcps at gmail.com. Um, that's probably the best way to contact us. And then we could definitely um, share some of our ideas and how we've built it into a district-wide project. Awesome. So um, what advice do you have for those teachers who are interested in starting a similar project? Um, I think we kind of hit on this before, but just mm -hmm. never forcing your students to write about sensitive topics. Um, yeah. Letting your students be open to share what they want about about what they want to about themselves is really important. Um, our kids, they like talking about themselves. They like writing about themselves. But if yes. you put a topic and you tell them to write about that, like, hey, I know you just got to the United States last month. <laughs> please tell me your story. That's yeah. not a very yeah. comfortable and welcoming environment. Um, so kind of being patient and letting them come to the different topic ideas. We do a brainstorming template with them uh -huh. where they pick three different things in their life and they talk to the teacher about it. That's part of the um, writing right. club or uh -huh. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> conversations with the teacher. Um, and she kind of helps just by guiding them with asking questions. She doesn't mm -hmm. tell them, I like this one better than that one. I think you should write about this. She asks them questions and what they have more to respond about is where she kind of leads them to. Um, also, again, just always remembering to loop in your legal team and administration before pursuing a project like this, just because of the sensitivity of a lot of the context you might receive. And we highly suggest um, keeping the stories anonymous. That does protect right. your students. Um, that is something that we strongly believe in. You know, we want to make sure students are comfortable sharing. And we're very strict about that anonymous status. Um, yeah. As editors, we're the only ones that have access to those names. We delete them. We kill all the links as soon as the project's over. Um, we really want to protect the students and create that safe space. Yeah, and with that comes permission forms before any author can be published. We want to make sure that their parents or guardians um, are signing off on that. And so one of the things yeah. we do is we suggest sending home um, whatever first language that parent or guardian speaks, kind of mm -hmm. translating that story for them and sending it home with the permission form. Because we have had parents and guardians say, no, I don't <laughs> want that in there. Yeah. That's a little too much about our family. Um, and so right. just making sure that as a teacher, you're not only protecting your students and their families, but you're also protecting yourself and your school. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing this project. Um, if I were still in the classroom, I would absolutely okay. want to jump on this and, and bring this in, in front of my kids and help them uh, share their stories. That That is one of the areas, you know, sharing or encouraging students to write their personal narratives is pretty much where I was able to, you know, create those partnerships with my students and, and help them grow as readers and writers and helped me grow as a person and just being able to be more empathetic and more understanding not only of them, but other people as well.
Yeah, we find that pro this project in particular does exactly that. Um, not only is it helping the students grow and gain confidence, it does, like we say, educate the educators, right? Yep. It, yep. <laughs> it really helps develop you and your profession and creating that empathy. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here and, and sharing your story with us. Yeah, yeah. thank you for yes, having thank us. Thank you so much. Looking for ideas this summer to help you engage students in reading in your classroom? I've got your back. I am updating the new curated short stories library with on-demand professional development to help you create your own lesson plans using what you know about your students and our resources. The library also includes an entire year of short story resources we have curated just for you. Who needs new textbooks? Not you. With our curated short stories library, you have links to PDF and or Word files of the short stories you need for your students. Even better, no more hunting for videos or audios to engage your students' interests. I have curated these resources for you and included them in an easy-to-access system on the Rethink ELA website. Just log into your account and download the resources you need to your computer, upload them to your school's private course management system, or display them on your classroom interactive board. Not a member yet? Just go to RethinkELA.com slash curated library and join us. Thank you for listening to Rethink ELA podcast. I'm Michelle Waters and I can't wait to give you a few resources I've developed to help you create a student-centered, collaborative, and creative learning environment. Download these resources when you join our mailing list at RethinkELA.com news.